KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. Another horrendous school shooting, this one in Uvalde, Texas. 19 young children, two teachers killed. It's senseless. We continue to tolerate it as a country. And as a result, we have young children trying to process fears and problems that adults can't or won't address. So how should you help your child deal with what they learn about what happened in Texas? To talk about this, we caught up with Dr. Colleen Lelly. She is a professor of education at Cabrini University, also the director of the Barbara and John Jordan Center for Children of Trauma and Domestic Violence Education at Cabrini. So this conversation is spurred after this tragedy in Texas. Kids in a classroom murdered, teachers murdered. When it comes to talking to your child about something like this, where do you start? That is a very good question. Where do you start? I think, first of all, you have to consider the developmental age of the child. You know, so where are they developmentally? Um, what are they prepared to hear? You know, what what are you comfortable sharing with them? And I think, um, you know, as with any tragedy, keep them away as much as you can from the media at, at, at this moment, because obviously things are being shared graphically that you don't want them to necessarily see. So I think really it does come down to their developmental age. I think it comes down to asking them if they have any questions. Um, a lot of times, Children will approach you first. And so that's the opportunity to open the conversation. But if they haven't, you know, you can share with them that something terrible happened in Texas. Did you hear about it? And that's a good way to open it up without telling them about it to see what they already know. Um, and then, you know, again, depending on their age, will determine what you share. So maybe with real young kids, you just say, you know, I want you to know that caregivers, whoever they, mommy, daddy, we love you very much. Um, we want you to know that, you know, we will keep you safe as much as we can. Um, and then, you know, maybe talking to them about, you know, did you, what did you learn at school today? And, and see if you can get information in terms of what they, they learned at school, but really it, it comes down to their developmental age. One of my um, topics in research and what I enjoy using is children's literature. So is there a children's literature piece that you could use to talk about this? So for instance, there's a great book that was written by first graders. And I think it's called September 12th, the day we knew everything was going to be okay. And it was written on the heels of September 11th. Um, and so these students wrote this book about how they knew everything was going to be okay. Now, I know that seems very simplistic, um, but again, it gave them comfort knowing that their teachers were there um, and that, you know, that they they saw the flags. Um, and so using children's literature to talk about trauma, any type of trauma is a great opening too, um, a great way to talk about these issues. If your child doesn't bring it up, are you, is it wrong to not bring it up yourself? If they don't approach you and I don't want to, you know, I don't know if you're putting your head in your in the sand or what, but something tragic like this, if they don't come to you, is it wrong to not engage? I think that you still can ask them. Um, you know, you should open the conversation. I think you should. I think you should still say, you know, um, have you heard anything new at school today? 
Um, did you hear anything about something that happened in Texas? You know, and again, depending on their age, they might not know where Texas is. So you might have to explain to them how far that is too, maybe from where you're living or not, uh, depending on where you're listening to this from. But I, I think, yes, you should open that conversation. It's just a matter of how much you want to share with them at the age in which they are. So developmentally, you might not want to share as much um, with them if they're younger. Um, but certainly, ha- I would say middle school on up, you you should have these conversations and ask them what questions they have. Um, and I, I think that that's a way to open the door is, is just saying, hey, what did you hear? Um, my own daughter, who's 20, I saw that she shared something on Instagram. So then I opened to her and said, you know, um, I saw what you posted. Let's talk about this. She wants to be a teacher. And so she's even like, mom, how do you? She asked this question, how do you even discuss this with third graders, let alone protect third graders? You know, she just used third graders as an example. But, um, you know, it's a tough conversation, but one that that should be had. How how do you react if it's too much for a kid? And I don't even necessarily we're asking kids to process so much, you know, and not for nothing. Not that this, unfortunately, is a new phenomenon, a school shooting like this, but we're having this discussion on top of two years of a pandemic where kids were in and out of school and probably scared they were going to get sick or not understanding what's going on around them. Uh, They see people screaming at school board meetings about things they don't understand, like we say kids are resilient and yes, they are, but is there a limit to that? Yeah, I I think, and you know, this brings up a question of mental health and we said we might go here um, in our pre-talk, but I think that this is an important place to talk about mental health um, to the point of where we're coming off two years. We're still within the two years of this pandemic. Um, You know, some children, have not known school without masks, right? And so I I think it's really something that we need to consider mental health a priority in this country. I think there needs to be other priorities, so I want to make that very clear. But I do think that mental health and normalizing mental health is really important. Um, I mentioned I'm at Cabrini University. I'm also the faculty athletic rep at Cabrini University. So what that means is I am on, I'm like the liaison or the bridge between athletics and academics. And, you know, the NCAA has been talking a lot about mental health now of our athletes, you know, our, our, our student athletes. And so I think that mental health is something that we need to normalize. We need to talk about it. And you know what? It, I, I was just having this conversation with a family member last night. You know, therapy is okay. You know, therapy is okay to go and say, I am in therapy. Yes, I go to therapy. Yes, I'm taking care of myself in that way. Um, and then, of course, that brings up a whole nother um, side of our health insurance and all that, of course. But um, I think that we have to normalize mental health. It's okay to talk about these things. And if these children end up needing support mentally, we need to get them that. Um, and I and and I, I think that still remains to be seen. I think some folks are seeing it now with their own children. Um, but I think others, it still remains to be seen. What is this pandemic? What effect is it going to have on our children? What effect is this school shootings going to have on our children? Um, I was reading something on Twitter this morning about um, a parent saying that they already started talking about this with their children. And 
the children said, oh yeah, we have practice drills all the time. You know, so these kids are already aware of why we're having these drills, right? And to keep you safe in case something, someone, bad actor, whatever you want to call them comes into the school, you know, we want to keep you safe. I have these conversations at the college level. Our first day of class, I say, okay, if we have an active shooter, let's take a look at our surroundings now. What will we do? How will we protect ourselves? And we have that conversation. Uh, I'm educating educators. So I'm teaching them the importance of knowing their surroundings for their own classroom someday. But this is a sad state of affairs. This is where we're at. It's frustrating for me. Um, I, I, I can't, I never would have fathomed in the nineties having these conversations. I, you know, I couldn't, you know, I Columbine to me was the first one that I remember. Um, and so before that I, I couldn't have imagined having this conversation. To the point you made, you mentioned, you know, you have these discussions. Okay. If there's an active shooter and I know a lot of schools, if not all have some form of active shooter drills they may kind of coincide with fire drills or and i know the teachers do their best to make them for the younger kids as you know as much fun and lighthearted as they can but as awful as these school shootings are in the grand scheme of like number of schools these are very 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 rare but every school is having these drills are they doing more harm than good? Are are these drills traumatizing kids? And I say this, I am not blaming in any way the school districts, the teachers, because we as society have dumped this on them. We're not fixing this, so deal with it. And the tools are incredibly limited in the in the toolbox. But does do these are we going out of our way to traumatize even more kids, trying to prevent them from being victims of trauma? Yeah. And first to your point, I, um, educators to me are our heroes. I mean, it's like over and over there, they are put, they are placed in positions they don't want to be in. They are vilified at times, which I, I, to me, I can't understand. I mean, you know, it's kind of corny to say they are the ones teaching all of the other professions, but that's true. It's very true. We are raising these children, these students to be professionals of whatever profession they choose. And yet we question them. Uh, We question our educators. And I really, that's one thing I wish we could also change is, you know, let's not question our educators and let's, let's respect them. Um, And so in terms of doing more more harm than good with the, with the drills, I, I don't know, uh, to be honest, I I don't know. Uh, I would need to look at that research a little bit more, but quite frankly, I don't know what else we could do to your point, like we don't have the resources. We don't have the support system in place. So the schools are trying to do the best they can to keep kids safe. And so if that's a fire drill, if that's an active shooting drill, then that's what they're going to have to do. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, sadly, you know, I wonder you think about in the fifties when they did the drills too, and they had a, you know, uh, when they were when they covered. Played. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, it, it's interesting. It seems like, you know, we did that. And then this generation, it's active shooting. Um, so I don't know if we're doing more harm than good. I, I think that we still have to do it. I think that we still have to look at our surroundings. And then I think that we need systemic changes. 
I mean, you and I kind of just touched on that a little bit. There has to be systemic changes. And, you know, it's a big pie. And there's so many pieces to it that needs to change um, that we, we just can't keep throwing our hands up. It, we just have to do better. We have to do better. Yeah, that was kind of, you know, it's kind of an overarching look at this. Like, what does it say about a society that things like this happen? Like I say, they're rare, but they happen way too often with tragic results. And we do nothing like we really we don't. You know, everyone gets sad and we offer thoughts and prayers, but we don't do anything. And I'm looking here at at some stats, you know. So we had Columbine in 1995. We had Red Lake High in 2005, Virginia Tech 2007, Sandy Hook 2012. Uh, We had the Community College in Oregon 2015, Santa Fe High in Texas in 2018, Stoneman High in 2018. And then here we are, Robb Elementary in 2022. And so, you know, to me, you know, this is 25 years of just constant, you know, in other countries, they have one and they figure it out and they don't have any after that. I mean, literally none, Um, you know, and and to your point, something else I saw, it's like this whole idea of we have a mass shooting. It's cyclical thoughts and prayers, Facebook debates, everyone forgets, then Congress does nothing. And then critics, the critics, crickets are chirping. And then the mass shooting again, it's like, it's just this vicious cycle. And, um, you know, when's it going to end? You know, when are we going to get better and figure it out? I, I shared with you my 20 year old, um, you know, one of the things I said to her is, you know what? I am so disgusted with my generation of not doing anything. I'm disgusted of the generations before me not doing anything. Maybe you and your generation can figure this out. I mean, really, I, what are we going to do? It's it, there's got to be something that that can be done. Um, you know, we need to take a break. We will continue our conversation with Dr. Colleen Lelly right after this. This is KYW News Radio in depth. And we are back on KYW News Radio in depth, continuing our conversation with Cabrini University's Dr. Colleen Lelly. We talked about, you know, all that the kids have been through. Teachers have been through all this as well. And obviously teachers are much more cognizant of the environment that they're they're in. Kind of events like this, once again, two years in a pandemic, getting screamed at about things that are out of their control, getting micromanaged. Are you concerned overall about the future of teaching? Because teaching is something, if you don't have a passion for it, you're not going to be real good at it. And I can see our society doing everything possible to extinguish that flame of passion, uh, either, you know, on purpose or tan or, you know, as a ripple effect. Um, you know, how, how worried are you about all the trauma we're putting teachers through and what that's going to mean for the future of the, pos- the, the possession? Yeah. Profession. It's interesting because when we talk about this, you know, um, you know, some people say we're whining, you know, but there really is a thing called vicarious trauma. And basically you're taking on the trauma of someone else um, or in the trauma. And then we have teachers who are them, themselves in trauma, whether it be a school shooting or their own lives. But um, the vicarious trauma, it's a lot to carry. You know, I've been in this field over 25 years um, and it's it's a tough 
thing. You know, when you have students coming to you and sharing about domestic violence, or they're coming and sharing with you sexual or physical abuse, or, you know, whatever it is, you fill in the plank with whatever trauma it may be, right? Uh, It's a lot, you know, we go home, uh, you know, and of course there's going to be in any field, right? You're going to have teachers that are, you're going to have people in any field, maybe not taking the field in. Um, but I would say, you know, a high majority of our teachers, they go home thinking of these children every day, children, whether it be elementary, middle, high school, college level. I mean, you know, we, we take that home with us and we think of them on the weekends and, you know, we think of them during breaks and it's tough. It's a tough field to get into right now. And I am worried. Um, there are stats out there showing that, you know, we're going to, we're, we're in need of teachers. We're going to be in need of educators. Um, and, you know, and we don't pay them as well as if they were in another industry. We, we just don't, especially when you look at preschool teachers who, you know, that, that field is really not paid well at all. So again, as a society, when are we going to, when are we going to get better? Um, you know, and I, so yes, I'm very concerned about this field. I shared my own daughter wants to go into, into education, which I was so proud and she's going to be a phenomenal teacher. But part of me was like, do I, do I talk to her about going into another field? You know, do I do that? Um, Cause it is, it's, it's, it's hard work. You're questioned a lot now, a lot more with social media, you know, social media has just blown everything up, you know, whether it be these school shootings um, in terms of, you know, these um, murderers able to find out how to, to get guns and how to build bombs and how to do all these things on, on the internet. Um, So, you know, it's something that I think that we're going to have to look at as a society, something else we're going to have to think about. What are we doing with education? How are we, how are we treating our, our um, teachers as, as experts in their fields? How are we supporting them in, in that endeavor? And um, what what can we do better to to make sure that they are respected? Getting back to the kids, because we talked about, you know, the fact that most schools have the active shooter drills. A lot of schools now have metal detectors and these are just kind of every day. Is there an effect on kids? Because the school, you know, when I in the school went to school, it's a completely different world than it was now. But is there an effect of a kid who has to pass a couple of police officers on their way in the school, has to go through a metal detector. It, I would imagine even subconsciously, it kind of changes the way you look at a place that's supposed to be where you develop and grow, no? Yeah, I, I would think so. I agree. I, I think it's very similar when we think about um, before 9-11. You know, we didn't have all the security that we now have at the airport, right? And so when we are even now going through the airport, I think myself like, oh my gosh, is this what we've become? So part of me is thinking, yeah, subconsciously, I'm sure it might have something uh, with these kids or, or another way to look at it is, is this the only thing they've known? And so for them, it's, you know, this is just what we do. I I don't know, you know, similar to, you know, when we get to the airport and you see the little ones, they take off their shoes, no problem. And they're ready to go through, right? It's, so I don't know. I wonder, you know, uh, I would think subconsciously it, it would have something. But again, if this is something, if this is the only way they've ever known, maybe not. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a sad state of affairs. I, I understand the reasoning behind them and I understand why we're doing it. Um, you know, and it'll be interesting. 
I think as we learn from every tragedy, you know, how did this one happen in terms of he was able to get in? How was it so easy for him to get in? I don't know. Um, I think that these are all questions that still remain to be seen. And I think that this is something, again, we have to do better. and We have to fix this problem. And we kind of started by talking about how to talk to your kids. You know, if you're talking to parents who, you know, are crying, put it to putting their kids on the bus today. You know, I it's all anecdotal, but you, I've seen lots of stories of people on Twitter just talking about looking at their kids eating breakfast. And you have this ghoulish thoughts of well, what if this is could this be the last time? I mean, it's awful, but it's also human. You know, what what do you say to them? So I know I keep saying we have to do better. So I urge everyone that's hearing this, do better. Whatever that looks like in your little piece of the world, whether it's to just reach out to the teachers today and thank them, whether it's to ask the school system, you know, what what can I do as a parent to help? Is there anything I can do? Whether it's reaching out if you, you know, would like to be involved more in politics and talk to your local congressperson, whatever that looks like to you. Uh, Maybe it's getting involved in organizations. Maybe it's just posting on social media, right? Whatever that looks like to you, let's do better. Let's do it. Let's be that change. Let's make that change. And let's just do better. So it's a call to action to anyone who's listening. Call for action to everyone. Let's, Let's make things happen. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 